0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer
1: Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, February 11th, wherever and however you are connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man working on his Professional push-up skills, Jerem Jordan.
2: I wish. I'm weak, man. You know who's not? Ray Stewart, assistant coach for BYU women's basketball. Yesterday, this was tweeted out, uh, at Pacific. He's on all fours, feet and both hands, on a basketball doing push-ups.
1: He's balancing on four basketballs doing push-ups.
2: Ray is an incredible athlete. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: I'm pretty sure his body is made of rock, a stone. <laughs> oh yeah, he's
2: definitely not human. He's way, He's way too athletic for humans. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing.
1: The man can still dunk. His son, Spider- yeah, is coming to play basketball for BYU when yeah. he gets uh, home from his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
2: Yeah, he uh, he'll he'll post videos where he says the scripture. And then he'll go dunk. <laughs> I'm like, I can do one of those two things when I was a missionary, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, most of us are well, in that yeah, same boat. Yeah, exactly. Here's your Thursday show lineup. I promise no more push-ups. It features an even deeper look at the Gideon George story going viral across uh, BYU social media. The
2: Gideon George show. That's what this is.
1: His journey to BYU basketball is fascinating and inspiring. We'll talk with the man who is largely responsible for bringing Gideon to America and opening up the door. To New Mexico Junior College, and ultimately to BYU. Remarkable, emotional stuff on the way. Plus, in light of Gideon George and his efforts to help his home country of Nigeria, some of the greatest human interest stories in BYU history. A feel-good show. And let's not forget more winning for the Cougars, which takes us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Billy Childs and Jake Chulson squared off in the G League bubble in Orlando yesterday. Childs and the Erie BayHawks beat the Salt Lake City Stars one seventeen ninety eight. Childs had 11 points, two of which were on an alley-oop. Five points, uh, five rebounds as well. Jake Tulson had five points and two assists. Kind of fun to see them uh, tangle in the first game.
1: Yeah, Yoli's first two points in his G League career were that alley-oop. And he knocked down a big three in the corner late. They were talking big about that, the uh, broadcasters, so fun stuff. Former BYU football defensive standout Kai Nakua continues his... Journeyman NFL career, though he stays in San Francisco, re-signing with the 49ers. Good for Kai. Nakua originally signed with the 49ers practice squad back in September of last year, was later promoted to the active roster, saw action in five games, so Fred Warner and Kai Nakua holding it down for the Niner-Niner gang, the bang-bang Niner gang. Oh,
2: man, I don't want too many BYU guys on the Niners. Let's go. Women's volleyball swept Gonzaga last night. Going plus 12 in the match overall to improve to 5-0. Sophomore Kate Grimmer had 13 kills, hit 385. Senior Talon Ballard-Nixon had 12 kills and two aces.
1: The 11th-ranked BYU women's gymnastics team competing against Pac-12 Powerhouse and 10th-ranked UCLA last night. BYU scored a very solid 196.325, third highest score of the season. The Cougars will travel to Cedar City, Utah for another matchup with Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference rival Southern Utah this Friday.
2: And it's a ball night for women's hoops at Pacific at 10 Eastern. No word on if Ray Stewart will be balancing on all four basketballs during the game. The ladies are 12-3 and three and crushing it, by the way. Softball season starts today as well. Good luck at number 16, Arizona State, 5 Eastern.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about
0: it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, on BYU sports
1: nation. It's February 11th. The Super Bowl's over, but... Thankfully, we have some BYU football numbers to discuss, courtesy of our friend Bill Connolly at ESPN, his SP Plus projections. We had him on the show last week. He rates BYU's offense number 24 overall in terms of returning, and the BYU defense, after losing a lot of production, the 90th ranked defense. So, Jerem, if the offense is number 24, the defense is 90, what will BYU's record be next season against that schedule with seven, count them, seven power five opponents.
2: In Boise State, um, <laughs> seven and six? I That's kind of where I feel that it'll sit. I hope BYU's in the eight nine range. That'd be great. Ten is just insane. Hopefully BYU's not in the five, six range, which is possible with that many uh, power fives, but hopefully BYU is a... Uh, uh, A winning team, obviously. But 8 or 9 is different than 6 or 7. It's very different. Um, I'm interested to see this. If BYU's offense is truly 24th at the end of the year, and I don't know what metric we're going there, scoring yards, scoring's the point, right, I guess. If it was scoring 24th and scoring 90th, is every game 38-34? You know, that matters. Oh, boy. uh, On average. Ah, that'd be bad. No, I'm thinking probably, uh, you know, 7 and 6 based on that projection. It's interesting, too, to look at, okay, 24th. Twenty fourth is pretty high given you lose a top five pick in Zach Wilson. Likely first team All American Brady Christensen, thousand yard receiver in Dex Milne. You do return a couple offensive linemen that you think are good, um, right? We we think are good. Uh, thousand yard rusher in Tyler Algier, thousand yard kind of guy in Gunnar Romney. A uh, how many did, twelve touchdown guy in Isaac Rex at tight end. Lopini Katoa. Uh, Lopini Katoa and uh, Neil Pau and Dallin Holker and. Da-da-da. So 24th, feels uh, that feels good, you know, uh, given that the replacement quarterback it hasn't started a game, whoever it is. Whoever it year is. in half or whatever, you know, um, that that's a little concerning. But 90th on defense feels like a little bit of a stretch. There's no way BYU going to be 90th in no. defense. Like, if anything, BYU will be in the 40 to 60 range, hopefully top 40, because that's what BYU has kind of built itself on the last several years until last year was – Good defense and, and, you know, good to solid offense. Last year was great offense and great defense.
1: I can understand why there is some concern about the defense because you look at what's leaving on that side of the ball, Kyrus Tonga. But
2: offensively that happened too. So why, Capucci, yeah. why the big difference, right? Because of what returns? Like, is it not enough to have, um, you know, who BYU returns on defense?
1: Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox, both gone. I already mentioned Kyrus and Isaiah, the team's leading tackler. What does BYU bring back that would make that number a little bit higher? And I think that we forget about a guy like Chaz Ayu.
2: Yeah, you forget about chess, uh, but when he plays, you don't forget about him. no.
1: <laughs> so that should bump up BYU's defense a few spots from ninety in the positive direction. Wait, eighty second. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Peyton Wilgar is a force to be reckoned with. He's going to kind of emerge, we think, as the leader of the linebackers group. Keenan
2: Peely, Max uh, Thule, Riley Atawa. Hopefully, takes a jump, you know, on the defensive line. So, yeah, there's listen, there's guys. Ninetieth is a slap in the face. It really is. Oh, by the way, Tyler Batty. Who had a really nice start to the season, then got hurt and didn't yeah. really play. So listen, BYU's got dudes. I've never been concerned about BYU's defense. It's a, whether BYU could offensively hold up against quality competition, which is
1: why the headline is, "Who will the quarterback be?"
2: Right. Well, the quarterback. You know, it's BYU. It's it's uh, you know, I I would I would uh, go so far as to say whoever the BYU quarterback is is one of the most uh, ten popular. Uh, people representing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in some form. You know what I mean? Like that, that You're an important person if you're the quarter, starting quarterback at BYU. There's a lot of weight that comes with that. Yeah.
1: Even if you're not a member of the church, yeah. you still carry that banner of BYU football.
2: Right. Ask Steve Sarkeesian and Kevin Federick and yep. Jim McMahon. John and Walsh. All these guys, right? Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. 24, I'm like, okay, feels a little high, actually. I, I would go, like, in the 30s or low 40s, probably, given the, that. And then 90s, it's like, eh, probably in the 40s. But then the overall,
1: 60s. BYU is ranked 52nd by that, the SP+.
2: That feels fair. It's not a number I like, but it feels fair. Does that make sense?
1: If BYU is 52nd, then they are pacing for a regular season of seven wins and five losses. Yeah. Now, if the Cougars can jump up into the low 40s, maybe eight wins. And I feel like there is enough coming back on offense specifically that BYU has every capability of winning eight games against that schedule.
2: I, I think so, too. With the
1: balance, where the games are played, it's more when about, they're played.
2: And, and to me, it's, it's less of those things, Spencer. It's more who. It's more who. Like, Wazoo. That's a winnable game. Also losable. There are a lot of pick em power fives on this.
1: Arizona. That should be a win right now based on what Arizona is and that they're going to have a coaching turnover again. Yes,
2: Virginia, Southern. Okay, here's, the, by the way, in SP+, here are the teams BYU is ranked ahead of. So it, let, let's just assume BYU went chalk on ahead and behind. Okay. And just wins losses. Okay. Virginia, Georgia Southern, Arizona, South Florida, Utah State, and the FCS is Idaho State, I think. Yep. So it's there's six wins. Okay. So it would be six and six. The other six, USC is ranked 17th in SP+. Yeah, USC is starting to be UCLA-ish, overrated. Sorry, Vic Soto. Arizona State, Utah, all three of those, 17, 18, 19, by the way. Okay. Utah's 19th. Get out of here. Boise State, 39, Wazoo, 46, Baylor, 51. Like, you're right. I, I look at that just on paper, and you say, hey, there are eight or nine wins
1: there. Uh-huh.
2: But... <laughs> I mean, it could be a five-win season. Like, I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying the possibility exists given how many power fives there are. But this year's uniquely suited where it's a little different. There's not a team I think BYU can't beat there. Like, typically we go into a year and I go, ah, at Wisconsin 2018, that's a loss. It's like, well, actually BYU upset Wisconsin. Mm. That was great. But then we didn't go, you know what BYU is going to do in 2019? BYU is going to lose in South Florida. Like, there are games BYU will lose that we don't see, and there will be games BYU wins that we don't see. That's the fun part of it. But can BYU come out on the eight-win side? Because if you only win seven games, you weren't that good. You, yes, you went to a bowl game, you had a winning record. Meh. Is that that hard? Like, 80 teams go to a bowl game. It's not hard to go to a bowl game. If BYU wins eight, you're a good team. Quantifiably to me, if you win two-thirds of your games,
1: you're a good team. You have to look at strength of schedule when you're determining the strength of a seven- or eight-win team. And most people aren't going to take the time Only to we do
2: that. do that because BYU's loaded up so, again, the analogy. always walking into the weight room, and they're stacking more weight on and doing fewer reps, and we have to say, well, is that equal to when they had less weight but more reps before in the Mountain West? How does that rank? Like, it's hard for us to assess this eight-win season was equal to that ten-win season in the Mountain West. I don't know that that exists.
1: I love to give a range of hard. potential wins – Uh, ceiling, and then what I think could potentially be the base. I've got it right now. Five and nine. Five Five and nine. See, and I'm a little bit smaller than that in the window category. I don't think there is any way that BYU has a losing football season. There's too much there.
2: We didn't think so in 2017 well, either, no, but, but it happened. There are
1: proven. We know more about what's coming back than we did from 2016, losing Jamal Williams and we, Taysom Hill. We
2: felt good about that squad. We did. Oh, Vegas man. said 10 wins. You remember that? Oh, I remember. <laughs> Vegas
1: said 10 wins. And I was even. We
2: were like, no, 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 no. 10 is not going to happen.
1: And frankly, the schedule wasn't. You know, it was kind of middle of the pack in terms of difficulty of what BYU would face in independence. Well, eh, two, three, four were hard. I know, but yeah. the rest, and BYU lost to Fresno State. It was like
2: LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin. BYU lost to UMass crazy.
1: and Fresno State right. and East Carolina.
2: You don't have those games to potentially even oh. win this year.
1: Okay, but I feel like there's enough. Six six wins, I feel like, is the basement for BYU. They will go to a bowl game. This team has too much I would hope so. coming back to go to a bowl game. Okay? Yeah. To, and then nine wins is probably the top so, I'm, I'm yeah, ten,
2: 10 is, no, it's too much. And I'm win, sorry. If BYU wins 10 games, that's incredible. I l- would love that.
1: Win number Three. one happens in how many days?
2: Countdown to the Wildcats. 203. I was hoping you were going to say 210, meaning uh, is Utah game two? Oh, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares about week one? Let's get after Utah. No, uh, in Allegiant Stadium. I just watched Al Davis versus the NFL. Ben, by the way, fantastic. Uh, really interesting. The, the whole facial, uh, you know, tack or whatever. Eh, a little weird. We can talk about that later. But playing in that stadium is going to be cool. It's going to be really cool.
1: 203 days away from BYU in Arizona. Please,
2: please have fans. Allegiant Stadium. Please, let's get all
1: vaccinated and get no mask and get out there. That'd be The great. Death Star in Las yes, Vegas. Yes, the
2: Death Star, which yeah, which ended up blown up twice. Okay, Tuesday night, topic two. We debuted the Gideon George Deep Blue, which we'll show you in the next segment if you haven't seen it. If you have, you're going to watch, want to watch it again. It's so Our most viewed Deep Blue in two seasons uh, doing this, 50,000 views on Twitter alone right now. He has an amazing story coming from Nigeria to Provo, giving shoes back to kids uh, Mm -hmm, back home. mm -hmm. But what's your favorite BYU sports human interest story ever?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Or some um, of them. One of them is the ex-BYU football player Nick Longshore. Yes. um, Who gave the gift of life to a Utah fan. So, well, former men's basketball former player. Former men's basketball player. Yeah, the, Ken Gardner. The story there, yes. Like, that That story was super emotional, and yeah. I just thought...
2: Kathy Aiken did that one. How cool
1: ago. is that, that a diehard Ute and former basketball player gets the heart of a former BYU football player and is given the gift of life once again? Ken yeah. Gardner and uh, Nick Longshore. I mean, just seeing Ken hug Nick's wife in those pictures, I think her name is Caroline, I just... Really emotional, cool human interest story there. Like
2: his heart and his body. We, we named that one two hearts, or two teams, one heart. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Insane. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there are several, but that one was top of mind when I was answering that question. This
2: yeah. Um, Ziggy Ansah is a Disney movie waiting to happen. Like, what's the what, Million Dollar Arm? The, the cricket players that came over and played in the minors, I was like, they didn't even
1: get to the majors! We've casted like, it for crying out loud. Literally, you still have that list some, that we
2: compiled. I do. I think it's in one of my notes. On the way to Vegas one year for for the WCC tournament, uh, we cast the entire thing. <laughs> right after Black Panther <laughs> came out. So we had some good uh, you know, actors that we thought could help play. We need to know.
1: reveal that in the summer.
2: At some point, yeah. Um, Jim Ferdinand, I think, is a compelling story. Here, here's a uh, you know a chubby kid growing up. Who gets a couple offers from like BYU, Utah and Niagara, and he ends up national player of the year. Like just unbelievable, right? Mike Nascimento, um, just one tackle of BYU ever, we told that one in the fall. But uh just meant everything to him was was really compelling. Kairos Tonga was pretty interesting too. The mm. fact that he is essentially homeless, um, and then adopted by this family and his uh his his sister or mom said, uh, "You know, we don't li- we don't even put up the pictures of our family prior to Kairos being there because they feel empty. He's got to be in it. Just there's so many. Pe- they're just like us. They're ju- these athletes and coaches are just like us. They have, in fact, they have in many cases a harder, way harder life than I have, um, and m- way more conflict that they are either dealing with or have overcome. And so I'm happy that we can tell some of those stories through Deep Blue." We're actually working on the next batch for next fall and winter. Right now, getting uh, those stories, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to tell those because sports matter. Sports matter. There are those who think sports is just fun and games in the game. It, no, no, no. Sports is a sports is a vehicle for for life. Yeah. Uh, the lessons you learn yourself, but also that you are inspired by. Uh, so that's part of the reason I love sports. Obviously, the games are one thing, but there's a lot outside the game. That's why we do a daily show it's so we can tell the stories of. Zach McHorter, uh the pole vaulter, and the amazing accomplishment that he had, and his funny phrase about what he lacks in his brain, yes. you know, and just
1: there's great- inactive
2: amygdala. <laughs> amygdala. I was like, what is that? I think it's in your brain, probably. But so many great stories to be told.
1: If we rewind to the early seventies and even into the eighties, Čošec—oh Chosich oh, man. is an unbelievable human interest story. We as love Kresh, well. yeah. For everything he meant, not just to BYU basketball, but to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. He could have been an NBA superstar, Jerem, and he opted to go back to Europe, his home country, and do work there. And and help implement uh, religion and Preaching the message of uh, Christ uh, for his home people and translating the Book of Mormon into that language. I mean, just his story is incredible too. Yeah. Ah, so many good things. We could spend all hour coming up with all these stories. We have to go to break. Details, but we do have to go to break. Yes. Our question of the day: We want to know what you think. What's your favorite BYU sports human interest story? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. First, this is. The voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. The first response in from Ben Peterson on Twitter. The one that still sticks in my mind is how Ziggy Ansah had never put on pads before he came to BYU. Must have heard that a hundred times on broadcasts.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know why a movie has not been made. I have no idea. And it's unbelievable.
1: He tried everything, seemingly. Track, too wide, shoulders too broad. I,
2: I played pickup with Ziggy in the Richards building Incredible basketball several times. Athletes. Like, Ziggy, to me, was the dude from Ghana who was massive, who played basketball. That's who he was. So when he was picked fifth, I was like, dude, he was the RB guy. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Okay, yeah. coming up, we'll talk to the man who helped
1: bring Gideon George to BYU. And if you haven't seen it, you're in for a treat. And if you have... Watch it again. We know you want to. Deep Blue with Gideon George. How he not only is inspiring BYU basketball, but his entire home country. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store.
2: Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get to know the players, coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. We put them out on social media as well. Watch them, just watch it, just watch these,
1: man. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, alongside Jerem Jordan. We welcome you back with our question of the day: What is your favorite BYU sports human interest story? With Gideon George in mind. Brian Buss on Twitter says the Gideon George deep blue was amazing and so great to hear about another side of life we Americans have no understanding of living with the privileges and blessings that we have here. Heather Olmstead and her mother's story was also a favorite. Miracles of Life. That was
2: the pilot, and that's the longest one to date at uh, seven minutes, which was really well done, obviously, uh, and sort of the genesis of all of this. So, yeah, and, and when you have, uh, you know, Russell M. Nelson involved, at, and it was surgeon Russell M. Nelson, not necessarily prophet or apostle Russell M. Nelson. Saving right? the life. Saving the life. And, of their mother. And, and essentially doing surgery one-handed because he had to have the other hand in there, kind of holding something Blocking back. Blocking an artery. Just insane. Yeah, Yeah, all all of these are on the BYU TV app. Go back and watch them if
1: you want to. Now to the Gideon George story, which is nearing 50,000 views on Twitter. It's gotten an unbelievable response, and if you haven't seen it, you shortly will, and you'll know why it's receiving the accolades that it has. He gives back to kids in Nigeria because he has been given much. This is our deep blue feature presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help.
3: Gideon comes from a place with no power, no running water. He's got those big shoulders because he carried 10-gallon buckets of water to the well every week. He slept outside most of the time because it was too hot in the house. He's probably had malaria more times than he can count. His breakthrough moment, he heard that there was this kind of basketball tryout. He had to get on a bus and try, and it's not like a bus like we know. First day of the camp happens, and, and, you know, he definitely stands out as... Just a great kid. A second day, still really good, but kind of tired. It's 100 degrees out and these kids are playing, you know, six hours on a broken concrete court with busted rims. Come to find out some of the people that were on the ground that were supposed to be helping us from Owery had charged the kids to play in the camp and hadn't told anybody. And so they took all of the money that Gideon and his friends and some other people that had come to this camp that they were supposed to use for staying somewhere and eating. His ability to get through something like that, to continue to show up and, and you know, give 100%, and never complained, right? We found out about it because of somebody else, not him, none of the other kids said a word. They were just grateful for the opportunity to be there, even if that meant sleeping outside, being chased by the police, and not eating for days.
4: He doesn't allow like this situation to define him. No matter what he finds, uh, he just keep walking. He's an individual um, that understands what he wants.
3: He showed out at the camp and was the number one player in the camp. When we kind of figured out that, you know, okay, this is, there, there's potential here for, for this kid to go to college. Um, you know, he'd been denied a visa five or six times already.
0: And it does cost a lot of money to get these interviews. So I think it costs close to about four, $500. Five hundred dollars is a lot of money in America compared to Nigeria. His father probably makes about a hundred dollars a month. So just imagine, so it's like a four or five month salary just to get an interview.
4: Anytime I want to quit, I don't know what's inside me that keep pushing me to like keep going because I believe that I think there's something out there better for me than in Nigeria. So that's why I keep applying. I just have that faith that one day I'm going to get a visa and I'm going to share my story out there to encourage people to see, to keep pushing and not, never to give up. You know, a kid with no organized basketball
3: experience for the most part that grew up playing on a dirt court with a plywood backboard and basketballs with no grips and a lot of times no shoes showed up at New Mexico Junior College and won freshman of the year and arguably the hardest league in all of junior college basketball. And I I think people are seeing at BYU now that coming out in him. Gideon
0: George averaged 14 half points last year at
3: New Mexico Junior College. He shot 50% from the field.
0: Officially like to present this crown for king of the glass this morning to our good friend Gideon George.
3: Character, his personality, his work ethic, his skill, right, all these things that, like, he's got more ability in his little finger than most people have in their whole body, and, and not even just basketball ability, but ability to overcome and adapt, and things like that.
4: So, when I get to America, I went to one of my teammates' rooms back there in Mexico at the dorms. He looked in the trash and saw a pair of shoes and was like
0: what 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 is happening you're throwing those away and see i was like yeah they're a little worn out and sometimes if you get sore if i weren't he's like can i have them
4: i just thank god because of his grace and his mercy towards us and his love and my parents are like hard working they always do their best to provide for us like all the time so that's it man growing up it wasn't that easy
0: And so from that day, Gideon started collecting all the shoes to send back to his home country. And then, as you dig in the story more, those were the shoes that he was wearing growing up. He was getting shoes from the same organization that were being shipped from the United States to Africa, and they enabled him to actually go on a court and and play the way he learned how to play. Gideon was able to benefit from time out for Africa, and the fact that he's made it to the United States, he feels like he has to give back shoes that I didn't wear or any any of his teammates, women's basketball track, cross country. I mean, they literally, he just started asking and asking, you know, we had a game to where you get in free if you bring your
3: shoes. He's still figuring out which end is up when he's, you know, suddenly thrust into this college environment in, in America. And he's thinking of everybody else back home that doesn't have the same opportunity. And so we think about you know, a huge drive is like, oh, that's great. These kids have shoes. But what we don't think about is that the highest transmission of disease in Africa is through their feet because they don't have proper shoes. And so it's more than I have shoes to wear to school. I have shoes to wear to church. I have stu- shoes to wear on a basketball court. It's actually protecting the health and livelihoods of those people over there. And when he hit the ground in New Mexico, that was one of the first things that came to mind, not... Great, I'm in America. I have all these resources. Look at all the things that are available to me now. He looked at it from the standpoint of look at all the resources that are available for me to help somebody else.
0: So the fact that you know he's benefited from us, now we're benefiting from him because the program is getting you know a lot more you know known in the area just because of these donations encourages the kids to play more and be successful. So that's definitely, you're making an impact.
4: That's someone that gets it, right? That's someone that gets that things are bigger than him. And
3: whether he never makes another basket again doesn't
4: matter, right? It's
3: Gideon George is going to have an impact on this planet because of who he is, not because of who he is as a basketball player. And that's special. And, And that's something that, you know, has definitely changed me and he changes everybody else that he interacts with.
1: Gideon George, deep blue, incredible story. How do you not smile when you see his smile and feel his excitement and enthusiasm about life? He's just an incredible human being.
2: Yeah, when I first saw the first rough draft (laughs) and I saw him in his Nigerian garb there, I was like, oh, geez, that's awesome. So what what a great guy. What a great story. So glad to have him here. I said last week there's a place for everybody at BYU. There's a place for Africans at BYU. There's a place for... South America, every, Europe, everywhere, everywhere, every culture, he brings something unique to BYU that's special. And it's been fun to see him inserted into the starting lineup the last couple games, and he's done a nice job. So, But it's not about basketball entirely. Mm. You know What he's doing is pretty special, and we're just getting going with him. We have at least another year with him.
1: Very well done. And more Gideon George insight to come.
2: Okay, coming up uh, for BYU Sports Nation here, we'll talk to that man you saw in the piece.
1: Brandon Goebel. Joins us next. Largely paved the way for Gideon to get to America. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: Top-ranked BYU men's volleyball taking on Pepperdine Friday and Saturday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Will Stanley, the setter, did not play last Thursday. BYU lost. He played Saturday. BYU swept. So hopefully Will's ankle feeling all right and number one BYU back in action.
1: Turns out that guy makes a difference. Indeed. And BYU's still number one because of it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Glad to have you with us alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure now to welcome in Brandon Goble, who is the CEO of Juco Advocate, an intriguing guy with an unbelievable job. He joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Gideon George went viral for BYU with that Deep Blue segment. Brandon, you have a great relationship with him. We're going to dive into that in just a moment. But first, in your words, tell everyone what it is exactly that you do.
3: Hey guys, I appreciate you having me on. Um, Yeah. Juco advocate uh, is an interesting deal. It it started um, really just kind of out of uh, the effort of helping an individual uh, kid, uh, a guy named Solomon Heine that was in the military and wanted to play college basketball. And and I had some connections that that I thought might be able to help. And so we kind of started that way and then it turned into a a Twitter handle and and then it has turned into this, I'm not even sure what you, you call it these days, but We do a lot of things. Uh, You know, uh, Nathan Leclaire and I co-own the company, uh, and he runs the verbal commits side of it. Um, And we uh, we do a lot of nonprofit work domestically and internationally. Um, Everything that we do is at no expense to kids. Every camp that we run, every every scouting thing that we do, every connection to school that we do, uh, we'll never take a dollar from a kid. And so we go around the world and, uh, and run camps in foreign countries and help kids get to college, um, help kids get to uh, prep schools and, and, uh, do things, uh, in the U S here as well, inner city work and, and things like that to, to try and help get as many kids to college as we can. Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully put them on a path to success
2: and that 's amazing because, as we 've seen with Gideon George and others, and the game of basketball is global it, it i mean almost i mean soccer of course, and maybe rugby, but basketball 's everywhere, which is wild it, now it 's not just Nigeria and necessarily africa you 're doing stuff in right it 's uh, obviously uh, Trinidad and Tobago and Tunisia Nigeria you guys are worldwide it feels like
3: uh, we started out our very first one that we did internationally was in Tanzania um, and uh, went to dar es salaam and and um, that really kind of ignited the passion in, in everything that we do. A uh, high school coach in Minnesota named Matt McAllister hit me on Twitter and said, hey, you, you know, do you want to go to Tanzania? And I didn't know who he was and had never met him, and <laughs> so obviously said, sure, yeah, let's go to Tanzania. Um, and so the first time I met him was in Dar es Salaam, so I'm, I'm glad he didn't catfish me. And uh, <laughs> and we showed up and, and ran a camp, and a couple hundred kids showed up. And uh, we fortunately were able to help um, some Congolese war refugees uh, make it to college that are that are still in junior college now. And then uh, a young man that's at a high school up in Canada right now, um, come over and and uh, and kind of start his own journey in basketball. And so we said, Hey, let's, let's go do more of these. And, uh, so we've kind of, you know, built relationships with friends around the world now that, uh, Mario down in Trinidad, Tobago, uh, Harry and Jonathan Colo and men in Mena, Nigeria, where, uh, Gideon is from. Um, we ran a camp in a where, you know, the, the one that Gideon came down to. And so we're just kind of geared up to keep heading around the world and new countries and go back to the same ones and just keep running camps and, and keep working to help kids get, get to school.
1: Brandon Goebel, CEO of JUCO Advocate, with us on BYU Sports Station, doing incredible work, to say the least, to help athletes all over the world pursue their dreams of playing sports. Speaking of, what was the inspiration behind your work and getting involved with athletes in these remote areas of the world?
3: He was born in the U S but his father's from Nigeria and, and it, growing up, I traveled a lot because I was an air force brat. And so, uh, I got to see the world early on and, and kind of see what was out there. And so meeting Solomon and, and seeing how unique of a story he was, um, and how special he was as a person, um, you know, great basketball player, but really it was who he was. Um, and that, I had a skill set that that could help somebody like that achieve the things that they wanted to achieve, and um, that really kind of fired it all off. And I, you know, got to, to really know junior college basketball. The NJCAA does a great job of helping tell those stories, helping uh, allow us to help those kids, uh, you know, where they otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity. Um, you know, Gideon would not be playing at BYU were it not for the NJCAA and junior college. So, um, you know, that really kind of helped spur the whole thing along and said, well, you know what, let's go find more cool stories.
2: And he is indeed a cool story. So when did you first meet him and, and what was your first impression of him and how have you seen him grow since?
3: We, uh, we went to, uh, we went to Oweri, uh which is down in the South of Nigeria, uh, flew into Lagos, um, hung out there for a day and then jumped on an, an in-country flight uh, to Owiri, which is an interesting flight and, uh, and wound up there and, and basically, you know, didn't really know what to expect. Um, we went to a facility, this kind of outdoor court thing. It's, you know, broken concrete and busted rims. And, you know, we kind of had this pole. We had to keep sticking the one up because every time somebody would dunk on it, the whole thing would collapse. <laughs> and these kids show up. Um, and his brother Samson had reached out to me on Twitter, uh, prior to us going over there and said, Hey, I'm going to send, uh, my brother to the camp from minna you know he'll get on a bus and i don't know 13 hours or something Whoa. uh down there and and we're we're not talking about you know roads right and this is not you know getting on the the highway to to weary, this is a dirt road uh through the heart of nigeria and so he came and and showed up and um, that was when we, we first saw him and, and met him. And, and actually what's funny is, uh, is he is developing his jump shot and, you know, he's starting to make threes and things like that. That was actually one of the first things we noticed about him, just apart from the sheer physical uh, nature of him was that dude could hit a jump shot in the wind <laughs> and, uh, uh, which was unique. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we kind of locked into, into him there and really got to know him and, and you know, kind of find out more about what made him, him, you know, at that, at that moment. Um, and then seeing him grow now is, I mean, it's, that's, that's the stuff that we, that we love. That's the stuff that keeps us going. You know, that's the juice is seeing a guy like Gideon, uh, grow as a person, grow as a basketball player, uh, grow as a philanthropist, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, is such an amazing thing for somebody to, um, You know, come from where they come, where he comes from, deal with the things he deals with, and rather than when he shows up, says, you know, look at this amazing life that I have now. Look at all these things I get. The first thing that kid thinks of is, okay, I have resources now to help other people, and that's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, he is an elite human being, and uh, having seen that story, the consensus is. How do we be more like Gideon? How do we help people? How do we get in that mindset? So just some fantastic stuff. We don't have enough time probably to address this next question, but give us an idea of some of the hurdles you had to overcome with Gideon to get him to New Mexico Junior College and eventually to BYU.
3: For sure. Um, You know, a lot of people see – especially nowadays African players in the NBA and and in college and things like that. And, you know, they'll see the stories of, of taco fall and um, you know, Joel Embiid and and everybody. And they think, okay, that's great. They, you know, they came to America and they, you know, are now successful and and whatnot. But what people don't see a lot of is, is a lot of the things that go on in the background. Um, We spend a lot of time now uh, doing what we can to help fight human trafficking in basketball. And that, that situation is something that, you know, uh, in a kind of separate way affected Gideon because as they talked about in deep blue, um, you know, he got denied a visa five or six times, right. And the visa process is unbelievable. Um, especially in a country like Nigeria, there's a lot of bad things that go on. There's a lot of dark corners of basketball and, the, the reason for the denials, a lot of times has to do with other things that are going on, right. It's a very arbitrary process. And if you're not connected to the right people and you're not doing the right things, a lot of times you can't get one. And so, you know, getting that visa was, was difficult. Um, you know, and, and honestly, it was a lot of luck, uh, for, for him on that one to, to finally be able to get that thing. It's definitely easier when you're going to college. Um, but you know, there's a lot of kids that that are still, over there, some of the kids from the camp that were still trying to, you know, help get visas and things. Um, and then the cost of that, right. You know, if it weren't for time out for Africa and Jonathan Colo, um, you know, it would, it would not have, have gone as easily for, for Gideon there, uh, because four or $500 a pop for every interview and they're 30 seconds long, you know, and, and you got to go to either Abuja or you got to go to Lagos. Well, you know that's a long ways uh, to go to these things, and you stand in front of a glass window, and somebody makes an arbitrary decision right then and there whether or not you get that visa. And if they deny you, you don't get your money back. Um, and so you know the the communities over there come together to try and help these kids, especially uh, you know Gideon's family and the people in Minna and Harry and Jonathan and and everybody that helped him out just kind of keep going. And and you know that's a that's a huge part of his story is just keep going right one foot in front of the other and and that's really been the story of his time at byu so far as well with not knowing the offense let's say at the beginning you know missing out in the whole summer and regular fall practices because of covid and all that kind of thing and it's just one foot in front of the other until he finally gets to uh you know where he is now and so you know there's there's so many things a kid like him has to overcome so many things that have to fall into place perfectly for him to get to where he is now
2: so his brother Samson ends up going to Pitt and you know Central Arkansas. So certainly that was a motivation for him of like, hey, hopefully this could happen. But those obstacles were certainly there. So what role did Samson play in this uh, with him? And then I guess he has a brother named Miracle who made a uh, a shot to win a game the other day.
3: <laughs> yep, yep. Samson uh, Samson is fantastic. Samson came over. Uh, when he was in high school, and so when Gideon had had come over to New Mexico, he hadn't seen Samson in four or five years. Oh wow! Uh, you know, Samson had already been over here a long time, and and I think that played an important part in um, you know Gideon's mental makeup as far as just keep going, like just keep trying. And, you know, the, the impact that Samson had on Gideon from afar, uh, you know, can't be, uh, overstated. And so, you know, his ability to, to just kind of keep, you know, sticking with it and and all that a lot had had to do with Samson, you know, even when he shows up at New Mexico and, and we would think like, Oh, this is great. Like now, uh, you know, this is it you've made it. Right. Uh, which is not the case. Um, basketball is hard, especially when you haven't played much basketball and, uh, being in, in, you know, the middle of nowhere at a junior college and just completely fish out of water scenario is difficult, you know, mentally for anybody. And, um, and so Samson p- played a huge role in that. And then, yeah, there's, there's a little miracle back in, uh, in Mena right now, he just turned 11 the other day. And so he's, uh, he's, he's maybe going to be the next, the next George to come over and play college basketball. And, and uh, you know, I told Gideon miracles probably going to be better than you. So you better, you better pick your game up. Um, but you know, they're, they're just, it's a wonderful family. It's, it's a wonderful set of brothers. It's wonderful people over there. Um, you know, and, and in my travels, the, uh, the people that I meet uh, you know, that's, they're just the most amazing People. I mean, sure, we definitely run into, you know, some bad people, just like I do in the United States. But some of the people that we've met on these trips that uh, are just unreal.
1: He is the CEO of Juco Advocate, good friend of Gideon George, and a big reason why Gideon is at BYU. Brandon Goble with us on BYU Sports Nation. Brandon, how do people get involved with this organization that Gideon has started? And uh, also, how do people get involved if they want to help you out at juco advocate
3: so uh jonathan colo runs the organization timeout for africa Um, they're on twitter i think it's timeout for the number four africa.com um where they can take donations whether it be uh shoes and gear or financially to help them move things over there what they'll typically do is they'll gather up literally entire shipping containers of shoes and gear and things like that and then they'll get that over to nigeria and during a normal year um I think I think once or twice a year sometimes twice uh Time out for Africa will actually go to Minna and they'll run a stem camp uh, education camp Jonathan's wife is a teacher and so they'll go over there and there's a lot of science and technology and math and engineering and all the different things that they do uh and as a you know, side part of that, then they've had this basketball camp and that has started to really kind of, you know, grow and things like that as Samson and Gideon, uh, you know, have had success. Uh, you probably saw in the, uh, the deep blue thing, the picture of the kids holding the shoes and the big poster of Gideon. And, you know, he's, he's a hometown celebrity now. And, uh, um, so, you know, the people can go to, to time out for Africa and, and see what they can do to help there. I know BYU is, is a hundred percent behind Gideon, uh, in his, uh, efforts to collect shoes. And, and I'm sure when fans are back in the arena and stuff, BYU will figure out a way to, to get thousands of pairs of shoes, probably all at once. Um, you know, something that, that BYU is actually you know, just really special at in, in being able to kind of rally the community behind these causes. And, uh, so that's going to be exciting. Um, you know, we're a Juco advocate. We, we go all over the world and do these things. We, we generally try and try and take a bunch of stuff with us. Um, our friends at the golden state warriors donated uh, a whole bunch of stuff last time when we went down to Trinidad Tobago, I've still got boxes of things in my garage ready to go. Um, you know, you can check us out on Twitter and just kind of follow along as, as hopefully when, when the world opens back up and we hit the road again, see where we're headed next. And, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there.
1: Brandon, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate your efforts, what you've done for Gideon, uh, what you mean to him, and uh, we look forward to watching his career develop in Provo, Utah.
3: Absolutely. Appreciate you guys.
1: You got it. Brandon Goble on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: First met Brandon uh, when Gideon was being recruited. And I was like, hey, this is awesome. I don't know the story here, but uh, getting such a good dude. And so just fun for us to be able to tell his story. And his story is still being written. I mean, this is just one of the chapters that we've sort of explored here. And uh, excited that more people are knowing about it. And he's such a special dude. And thanks to Brandon and everybody involved in getting him over here. Because what a great guy. Like, he said stuff that I wish we could say more often, you know, like his faith in God and driving him to pursue his dreams. Just awesome, man. Just awesome.
1: An international superstar that is budding in Provo, and not just for what he does on the court, but for everything he wants to do off the court.
2: Think of all those kids that have shoes now. Amazing. That's that's special. And, yeah, one day we'll all be able to gather up our shoes together and send them over there as a BYU community. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay, coming up, BYU's resume update.
1: And is there a BYU team on campus that is comparable to or, dare I say, more dominant than what Gonzaga men's basketball means to their athletics program? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU
2: Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We've got a new men's volleyball radio show. It's called Over the Top with myself and Steve Vale. We take you inside Cougar Volleyball. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern on BYU Radio and On Demand on the app.
1: Just put your hat on backwards before you listen to it. <laughs> he is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Some pictures came out of Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask of Florida, and Justin Fields from Ohio State. Hang out with your boy John Beck training in Southern California. There's a picture of Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, which is fun. They're uh, you know giving some dap, pounding it. Zach Wilson looks mad. Do you think he's mad in this photo?
1: I don't think he's mad. I think he's just all business. Yeah, he's got his game face on. Caught, de- he got caught in a weird spot. How cool is it that Trask, Fields, and Wilson are all together training with uh, John? That, that, that to me, is pretty fantastic.
2: That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't think he's mad. I think they just caught him on a funny moment.
1: BYU softball opens the season today against number 16 Arizona State with a doubleheader in Tempe. The Cougars are picked to win the West Coast Conference again for a 12th consecutive time, or at least any conference championship. Jaren, when you think about that, which is the more dominant West Coast Conference team? BYU softball on their resume or Gonzaga men's basketball?
2: When it comes to winning the league, uh, BYU softball, you know, they, they've won the league more often than Gonzaga has recently. Gonzaga's been upset by St. Mary's two years ago in the tourney, but when it comes to the postseason, it's Gonzaga. They've been to the Final Four. Uh, the Super Regional, one time for BYU softball, hoping for multiple in the next couple
1: of years. Yeah, Gonzaga wins the prestige argument, but just WCC titles, give it to BYU softball. There you go.
2: Coming up, today's
1: rise and shout out. BYU basketball continues their rise in the team rankings metrics, but where will they land on Selection Sunday? Seven Seed? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shout Out is presented by Mountain
1: America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod. Google BYU Sports Nation pod. It's time for our BYU basketball resume update. And in the latest net rankings, BYU is back up three spots to 27, despite being in the middle of a 10 day layoff between games. Ken Palm plus two, basketball power index on ESPN plus one, KPI plus one, strength of record plus one, holding steady at 27 in the Sagarin ratings.
2: Just don't play anymore. <laughs> Keep going up.
1: <laughs> it looks good. Our question of the day What's your favorite BYU sports human interest story? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Rouge Mike on Twitter. Ziggy from not knowing football at all to the NFL. Great story.
2: Is it Rouge or Rogue? I'm off on this. Is, or that is Rouge? it is Rogue? Is, is it, I don't know. Okay. Rogue one, Mike? Rouge it's one? It's R-O-U-G-E. So, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Rouge. Mulan okay. Rouge.
1: Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
2: Uh, Gideon George, obviously. This is the Gideon George Show. Just what a great story. Awesome to uh, be able to have him at BYU and continue to have him for the next year. Listen, this is a free year for everybody, so if he wants to be here three years, not two, he can.
1: My so. rise and shout-out goes to Jamal Williams, who, according to NFL statistics, has carried the ball 622 times. No, no, touches. Touches. Sorry, touches, yes. So 622 and, yeah, touches. Yeah. Zero fumbles. That's
2: amazing. He only had, what, one at BYU?
1: Ball security, and he's a great pass blocker.
2: Yeah. Somebody
1: sign s- that man. Somebody sign this man. Our thanks to today's guest, Brandon Goble of Juco Advocate.
2: All right, Dennis Bennett. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: For Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Steve Craig. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Station as we preview another big weekend, including number one men's volleyball, Go Cougs.